Welcome to the Garage Cast, a weekly podcast focused on innovation, education, and strategy. Hosted by Michael Iani Polarchio. Hey there, everybody. It is Friday, April the 28th, and welcome to episode 26 here on the Garage Cast. We have a great show planned for today. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship. I'm going to share some thoughts on some articles that I've read and a book that I've started, uh, all which tie to artificial intelligence. And we'll explore a new tech tool as we have been doing the last couple of episodes. So thanks for joining. Settle in for a fun show. Let's get started. Buckle up. Well, it's Friday, everybody, and I hope that you have had a good week. Not only is the week winding down, but the month of April is winding down. It's unbelievable how quickly the school year seems to be flying by. I always find that just after March break, and especially after the the April break, the Easter break, things just seem to accelerate But that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of great stuff that's been happening. This week, we had the culmination of our middle and senior school noodle program. For those of you who might not have heard past episodes or are outside of the Branksome community, Noodle is a business accelerator program that we created just prior to COVID, so it was in planning in 2018, and we launched it in 2019. And what it allows students to do is they apply for the program, then they have a 16-week curricular program spread over about 32 weeks because the the companies meet every second week. Uh, And as they participate through this program, they are building a business. Uh, And this year has been extraordinary. We had uh, over 45 students. Uh, We started off with, I think it was 17 companies. And some of those companies, um, you know, decided not to pitch. We had 10 companies that actually pitched on Wednesday evening of this past week. And we changed the format. So in the past, these student-led companies would uh, culminate in sort of a grand pitch event and we had outside judges that would then um, basically listen to the pitches, score the pitches, and we'd have three sort of winning companies that would emerge um, and then some seed funding was provided to the first place company, a smaller amount to the second and third place companies. We changed the format this year One of uh, my colleagues, uh, the woman that really has led the charge um, on Noodle this year, she was involved last year, but this year she's really uh, led it, uh, is Miss Heather McDonald. So kudos to you, Heather. Um, She had this idea to change the format from a grand kind of pitch event to more of a 
a Dragon's Den style where companies would identify the amount that they wanted to have the judges uh, allocate as an investment into their company. And what's nice about this is before it was a $10,000 um, funding into the company. And sometimes the team struggled to articulate um, you know, how they would use those funds or, or why they needed those funds. Um, and in this uh, year's event, the companies asked for varying amounts. And that seemed to work a lot better. Um, the kids were incredibly focused and some really great business pitches. So each team uh, had an opportunity to come in, had a panel of three uh, extraordinary uh, judges. And uh, as each company pitched, they had a five-minute maximum. Uh, judges had sort of three to five minutes to uh, ask questions and then they were scored, and the companies were scored across three categories or criteria. First was how unique was the business idea. Second was feasibility. So the judges were trying to gauge how feasible was it to uh, continue with the business. Um, that's an evaluation of the team's ability to execute uh, their plan to execute, how well thought out that plan was. Uh, they would look at what had transpired to date. So some of these companies who have created products have already had opportunities to sell. And so they provided aspects of their revenue model and, and current um, revenues to date. That makes up the feasibility. And then the third uh, category was just uh, a score around how well prepared was the company uh, in their pitch. So quality of their slides, quality of their presentation, um, and then whatever uh, a company has asked for. So let's say a company asked for $5,000 investment and they broke that down. The judges were able to indicate, uh, you know, are we, are we recommending full allocation of those funds to that student-led company or are we recommending a lesser amount or are we recommending no amount? And the results, uh, we won't uh, release the results until Monday of this upcoming week, so that'll be May the 1st. But I have to say that all the teams uh, did outstanding. You know, it takes a lot of courage to be able to come in and make a pitch like that to three judges slash investors and to do it confidently, to articulate the problem you're trying to solve, to articulate the solution, you know, the approach uh, that they are taking uh, to solve the problem, which makes up their core offering of their business. And so a huge shout out to all 10 companies. It was about, the company sort of ranged from two to three kids per company. We had one company that had a sole founder. So, you know, in total we had about, I think, 25 or 26 students um, that pitched over a two and a half hour period of time. So congratulations to all of you uh, on that um, endeavor. My thanks to the judges. I won't name them here uh, just to sort of respect their um, privacy. I haven't gotten their permission to, to sort of say who they are. 
Um, you'll probably be able to check over the coming weeks uh, on the Branksome website and see who those judges were. But my thanks to those judges. The Noodle Program, uh, you know, doesn't happen if we can't get some real-world expertise uh, to come in um, and provide, you know, this um, judging, but also more importantly, the feedback, uh, which then we provide to the companies. This is invaluable uh, to the kids. Kudos as well, as I mentioned uh, at the top of this segment, to Heather McDonald here at the school. Uh, Noodle would not have been uh, what it was this year. The kids would not have had the experience that they've had and wouldn't have reached this culminating event without uh, your oversight of the program. As well, uh, a shout out to uh, another colleague here at the school, uh, Nitu, um, for organizing um, this culminating event. Uh, she really helped with um, pulling it together. Uh, she's also been directly involved in our efforts to pull together a mentoring network. Um, so that way we can connect companies, students within those companies to other people in similar industries. Uh, and lastly, a shout out to a mentor that we've had throughout this year, Miss Sarah Davies, who uh, is the founder of a company called More Granola. Uh, and I like to always say it's the best granola on the planet. Absolutely love the product. She's also a Branksome alum. And this has been terrific because the kids get to see, you know, a young entrepreneur who created her own business, who can relay uh, her real world experience the ups and the downs of running a company and uh, the kids you know benefit from the wisdom from the reference point uh, to be able to use uh, someone like Sarah as a sounding board and just to be inspired so it was really awesome uh, and I think what I'm equally thrilled about is uh, another slight change in the format uh, this year was typically the culminating pitch event meant the end of uh, the, that noodle program for that particular year. Uh, whereas the change in format that we've introduced, the companies now will continue to meet once every second week uh, and continue to work on their businesses through till the end of June. And they also uh, have the automatic opportunity to continue in noodle next year. So we will take a brand new cohort that will go through sort of introductory year, but this year's group of companies, they can continue and they will be in the second year of their business. And this is a nice change because, you know, on entrepreneurship, you don't start something and then just sort of end it. Uh, of course, you know, unless you're sort of unwinding your venture, but you keep at it. Uh, and the way we've structured the program, uh, these students will be able to keep at it uh, next year. And that's, that's exciting for me. And I'm looking forward to connecting with uh, the students between now and, and the end of the year and see how they continue to progress their, their ventures. Super, super important. We've talked about how important it is to build entrepreneurial skills uh, in our young women so that they understand that these skills a, are highly transferable. So they, even if they don't go off and become entrepreneurs in the future, they don't start their own ventures. They could be part of 
a startup venture. They could be within an organization that is looking for what I call intrapreneurs, right? You're inside an organization, but you're using entrepreneurial mindset, entrepreneurial skills to solve problems in that organization, to push that organization forward strategically. Maybe the organization is, is kicking off a new, event, uh, a new initiative, a new venture. These are all really important skills. And the program is, is really allowing students to explore that world of entrepreneurship safely and start to build some of those skills around how do you frame a problem? How do you understand your customers? Um, and it's really, it's really extraordinary. It's why we've also started Noodle Junior, uh, 32 kids in the junior school. Their format's a little different. Uh, they will culminate on June the 5th. I'll talk about it at that time. But again, super exciting, super pleased uh, with the way it went and just wanted to sort of highlight that here uh, on this week's GarageCast. Well, you know that I like to read a lot and I like to share with lots of people uh, in conversation and here on the Garage Cast some of the things that I have been reading and how they connect to some of the things that either I've been working on or thinking about. And I received uh, a, um, a book recommendation from um, our director of research here. You will remember. Natasha um, Kostova was on the Garage Cast uh, early on in uh, this season, and she sent me uh, a link to a book uh, that is called Augmented Education in the Global Age, and then the subtitle, Artificial Intelligence and the Future of Learning and Work. Um, and this is, uh, it's been edited by Daniel Araya and Peter Marber. So if you want to look that up, you can Google that. Um, it's a free download. And I've just uh, begun reading it. Um, and something jumped out to me right away uh, in the introduction, which I really liked. Uh, and there's a reference to Marshall McLuhan, who I've been a big fan of uh, way back uh, in the early 90s, um, as I was uh, um, sort of stepping into education around computer science and looking at things like media and understanding, you know, I was doing work um, while I was in university, uh, creating multimedia exhibits and whatnot. And so I was a big fan of Marshall McLuhan. Uh, and so the opening line uh, from this book, let me just read it to you. As the social theorist Marshall McLuhan observes, quote, First, we build the tools, then they build us, unquote. This observation that tools or technologies shape human development has never been more applic applicable than it is today. And, you know, the, 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 I've read about 30 pages so far. Um, the book's terrific. But what I like about this opening is they're talking about artificial intelligence and this is a tool, you know, I've said it a few times that we are at 
an inflection point. And that in creating this tool and continuing to evolve this tool, it is going to reshape us as individuals, as organizations, which are really collections of individuals, the way we work, the way we live, and I've said it once and I'll say it again, the way we teach and the way we learn, the way our students learn. And pedagogically, you know, what are the pedagogical changes that uh, are happening as these tools that we have built start to shape us and reshape us? So I'll let you know um, what I think of this book. They're referencing, you know, a number of these colliding, converging technologies. And I've talked about this when I talk about exponential change. You know, I reference things like robotics and quantum computing and artificial intelligence. For the last three or four years, I've been talking about how these things will converge and further accelerate change. And they, they call this the AI revolution. Um, they say AI now sits at the center of a constellation of emerging technologies, including robotics, machine learning, cloud computing, genomics, 3D printing, quantum encryption, 5G telecommunications, and many others. And taken as a whole, these disparate technologies constitute what we might call the AI revolution. And this is, you know, being referenced as significant as the Industrial Revolution was for humanity and how the Industrial Revolution really reshaped the way we work and the type of society that emerged and the type of approaches to teaching and students. Uh, and I think that the this quote-unquote AI revolution is going to cause an even bigger shift in humanity. Um, and I'm so glad to see this type of uh, thoughtful uh, book. Again, I haven't finished it, so I won't, I won't comment overly on, on the book itself. But I love seeing this sort of stuff coming out because it is what we need to think about. You know, a group of us met yesterday to talk about um, artificial intelligence and, and start thinking about it and how do we think about it here uh, within the school. And some of these very important themes were coming up. You know, not just things around, um, you know, how do we prevent cheating or how do we revise our academic integrity policy but really starting to dig down into how do we understand um, what this technology really means to us as educators and uh, an, an educational institution. Now, the second thing, still along the same topic of artificial intelligence, the second thing is a really interesting piece that I read on a website called The 74, which you can find at the74million.org.org, or you can Google this title. The title of this article is 
This changes everything. AI is about to upend teaching and learning. And it's, a, again, really fascinating read. Um, and what I liked about it was it referenced where artificial intelligence, ChatGPT4, um, is being built in, and they are looking at Khan Academy. Um, and so <clears throat> this is Khan Academy, you know, by Sal Khan. It's a, it's a platform that has been available for a long time, which allows students to look for topics, um, and there are videos that basically teach them. Um, and we have students who use this actively, um, we have educators who will build in some of the content into their own materials or as references or supplemental for students. I know my own children have used Khan Academy over the, uh, over the years when they were younger. And they uh, have now taken ChatGPT and integrated it with um, what they are calling ConMigo, um, which is a new tutoring program. Um, and I've applied to have access to this. It's on a sort of wait list, so I haven't used it myself. But um, what is really, really neat is how they are implementing ChatGPT as the underlying technology, but wrapping it with important sort of services or functionality as part of the tutoring service. So here's a bit from the article. Conmigo can do extraordinary tasks. For example, it writes with students, not for them. Okay, so one of the things we worry about is kids just going to ChatGPT and saying, write me a paper on this, and out comes something, and there's very little thinking, there's very little practice of their own. And what this is doing is, again, from the article, it's giving students as they write it's giving them very sophisticated prompts to encourage the students to think more deeply about what they're reading or they're encountering and to explain their thinking. Okay, so it is there to assist with the writing, to guide, to provide feedback, to help students refine their writing and learn in the process. And to me, that is, that is fascinating. Um, in the same paragraph in this article, it goes on to say that this service will soon be able to remember students' individual histories and customize lessons and assessments to their needs and preferences. This really gets to personalization, which we've talked about many times here on the Garage Cast. I believe that personalization is one of the key elements to evolving education for students, recognizing their diverse needs, their diverse learning styles, where they may find themselves within the learning cycle or their learning journey for any particular topic. And personalization has been hard to do because it's hard to scale, right? When we've got a teacher in a classroom with let's say 20 kids, 18 kids, 23 kids, whatever number of kids you have there, it is hard to deliver bespoke because there's one teacher and many students. You know, we talked about this in a previous podcast, the student takeover edition, uh, where I was working with five students over a two-week period on an interdisciplinary unit uh, regarding the creation of a wind turbine. 
and how rich an experience that was for the students. And they created their own podcast. One of them even came out and, and said in the podcast, what made that project so rich for her was that ability to interact so one-on-one with the teacher. But that's hard to do when you've got 20 kids in a class, and if you're teaching four or five sections, we're talking about 80 to 100 students. It doesn't scale easily. But with artificial intelligence uh, giving us these types of chatbots or these types of assistants or with what Khan Academy has done, a tutor, which is there to help scale that personalization without short-circuiting the learning for students. And this is, I'll read you one more line. I absolutely love this. It says, um, Khan, so Sal Khan described how one student reading The Great Gatsby conversed in real time with an AI version of Jay Gatsby himself to discuss the book's imagery and symbolism. So to me, that is super cool and it makes it highly engaging. The student now gets to engage with material differently than we have traditionally been able to. And maybe that doesn't work for every student. And for other students, they don't need to interact with Jay Gatsby or an AI version of Jay Gatsby. They are interacting with the tutor in a way that fits their need, their preference. Super exciting to me. There's some screenshots in this article as well um, of, uh, of uh, the user interacting where they've asked for um, help with a problem um, and it's given them some uh, instruction but doesn't give them the answer and the student has typed in or the user here who was testing it types into the chatbot, can you just tell me the answer? And the ChatGPT implementation within Conmigo, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, says it is important that you learn how to do this yourself. What do you think you need to do to multiply 2 by 5 over 12? Then the student says they need the same denominator. And then the chatbot comes back, that's a good thought. But in this case, you don't need to find a common denominator because you're multiplying, not adding or subtracting. What else could you try? And so I think we can see here that with proper, nuanced, use case implementation, ChatGPT technology, underlying AI technology, like what we have from OpenAI, really our our worry about students cheating, our worry about this replacing the thinking and or the writing, we can build this so that we get the benefits of personalization, we get the benefits of being able to scale, we get the benefits of, you know, um, really equalizing this type of help to students. You know, we've always had students who can hire a tutor, but not all students can hire a tutor, right? And there's, there's an inequity there. This technology uh, affords us the ability to bring this to all students and make it uh, highly equitable, highly effective. Now, 
the article, uh, it's a long article. It's a good article. Um, I think if you want to uh, read it all, I would highly encourage it. I've sent it to different people here at the school. Again, you can go and Google, this changes everything. AI is about to upend teaching and learning uh, found at the 74. And I'd love to hear from you um, if you do read it, what your thoughts are on this topic. Well, now I want to talk about a tool. And this is not a, a tool that you, you likely um, have not, uh, not heard of. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is you've probably heard of this tool. And that's Grammarly. Um, and I've used Grammarly for a number of years. Uh, for those of you who maybe have not used Grammarly, it is a, uh, a software service. Um, it runs quietly in the background once you uh, uh, install it. And what it does is, as you write, it um, provides you recommendations um, to improve uh, what you've written from a grammatic um, standpoint. I mean, it, it corrects spelling as well, um, but it's really meant uh, to help you uh, just write better, uh, grammatically speaking. And I've used it for many years. Uh, I obviously love to write, and I do a lot of writing. Um, and I've always just found Grammarly a, a nice companion uh, to to run alongside of what I um, uh, am writing. And it has for uh, quite a while now, when you write things and it gives you suggestions and whatnot, or it'll say, you know, hey, there's three things to fix in, in this, and you tap the little number three that's floating near the document that you're working on, and it sort of takes you through what uh, it's suggesting that you should correct. And... You can either accept those changes or you can discard them. And I find that when it suggests changes, it's just a way for me to learn um, good um, grammatical approaches to writing. Um, they had, for a period of time, I had noticed that it also tried to um, give you a little gauge as to the tone. Was this a casual email? Was this a, a supportive email? Was this an enthusiastic email? Um, was this an email expressing uh, frustration, or, or even if it wasn't email, uh, just the document itself, whatever it is that you're writing. They were doing a bit of sentiment analysis, it seemed. Um, and then you could either say, yeah, that's correct, that's sort of what I was going for here, or you could say, no, sort of thumbs down, that's not what I was going through. And clearly, they're using that data. This is a form of training, where the system is, is creating models uh, and then it's saying to the end users, you know, this is what I think. And you are saying, you know, I confirm that or uh, I disagree. And so obviously there's millions of people using Grammarly, millions of people training the system. And I have noticed that the um, software application changed. And now not just a little circle with sort of a little green G hovers where I'm writing, but when I move my cursor up into that area to the left, a little pop-out um, appears, and when you hover over it, it says, open Grammarly Go. And I thought, hmm, what is this? Now the icon is like this little spark, it's almost like a little spark icon that I have seen many people using in different software tools to represent an AI assistant. 
And when I click on that, it opens up a little window that says Go Beta. And it's basically an AI assistant that has been built into Grammarly. So right away, there's a few things. Uh, it says ideas for you. Generate ideas for a blog post. Write a thank you note. Write a project progress report. It's giving you ideas of what it can do. But underneath it says, tell us too. So if I wanted to say, uh, uh, write an email about um, the new AI in Grammarly. And then there's a little submit. So it's like a chat bot. Um, I've got a Word document open right now, and it's written uh, an email uh, that says, Dear Recipient, I wanted to, and you would put in whoever's name is, I wanted to let you know about the new AI feature in Grammarly. It has really improved my writing and made it easier to catch mistakes that I might have missed otherwise. The AI-powered assistant is able to analyze my writing and provide suggestions for improvement, including grammar, spelling, and punctuation. It even offers suggestions for sentence structure and word choice, which has been incredibly helpful. I have noticed a significant improvement in my writing since using this feature, etc., etc., etc. And then it asks, uh, does this sound okay? Uh, there are things that I can click, uh, make it persuasive, make it assertive, sound confident. Um, and if I want, I can simply, uh, you know, there's a little button that says insert. And if I click that, it has now inserted it into, in this case, my Word document. But I could have done this in a uh, an email, for instance, if I had my email program opened, I could have easily um, just said insert that. So what they've done is they've built the the AI tool directly into the Grammarly extension. What's neat here as well uh, is up at the top, the very top, there's a little icon and then it says neutral. And when I click that, uh, it opens up uh, a tab sort of to configure that says my voice. So it says formality, casual, neutral, or formal. So I might say, you know, make it casual. Uh, tone, select up to three. It's got personable, empathetic, witty, confident, engaging, direct. So you can choose um, three characteristics. So I've chosen here personable, confident, engaging. Um, and then you, know, you can choose different languages. Currently, they just have a few that are there. Um, and then you say use this voice. And what that will do now is um, change the tone of the um, of what it writes. So if I want to regenerate that, let's just do that again. It's working on it now, it says. And now it says, I wanted to share with you the exciting new AI features in Grammarly. It has truly transformed my writing and enabled me to catch mistakes that I might have overlooked previously. The AI-powered assistant is highly proficient in analyzing my writing and providing valuable suggestions for improvement, including grammar, spelling, and punctuation, and it goes on and on and on. So it, it's changed the tone. It's subtle, but it is different than the uh, initial um, content that it generated. Uh, because the first one said, I wanted to let you know about the new AI feature in Grammarly. And the second version of it says, I wanted to share with you the exciting new AI feature in Grammarly. So it's neat, again, to see how uh, these AI tools are creeping into other tools that we already use. Uh, and I think this is an important piece as we think about 
as educators and as schools, you know, uh, schools, there are schools that have banned the use of ChatGPT and, and good luck uh, in trying to police that. That will be incredibly hard to police. And in conversation uh, in a recent meeting, you know, where people were talking about, you know, do we ban? Do we not ban? What does this mean? I said, you know, when a student writes a, a history paper or an English paper and they've used Grammarly, you know, do we consider that to be uh, academic dishonesty? I, I don't think we do. I think we, it's, it's like a spell checker. Well, now we've got an AI tool built right into Grammarly. So if you've blocked ChatGPT or you're saying that, you know, you're not allowed to use uh, ChatGPT to assist you with your writing, well, now it's popped up somewhere else. So I guess you could put a broad um, a policy, say, that says you may not use any AI-assisted, you know, assistant, um, or you may not receive any, you know, assistance in what you create. Otherwise, it is a, a you know, an issue of, of academic dishonesty. But this gets back to well, what about the student that has their tutor look over and make suggestions um, to a paper that they are writing, as an example. And so again, it, it's going to be hard to police. I think it, it, it democratizes assistance to students. And I think it will just fundamentally change how students work and how educators um, need to assess uh, how we develop our lessons, how we determine to integrate this uh, new sort of AI reality into the work that we do. So that's sort of my tool tip of the week. Grammarly, um, if you're a user of it, take a close look. It has evolved. Um, if you've never uh, sort of seen that product before, um, it's worth checking out. Um, again, it had historical value for me, and now it's just it's continuing to um, get better because it brings ChatGPT directly into the space that I am, I am working. And here we are at the end of episode 26. Yeah, that's it for this week's episode of the Garage Cast. It's been so nice to be connected with you again. You know, this podcast, I've said a few times, it started off as an internal podcast. It's continued to grow. Um, and it's just so great to be able to share with such a broad audience all of the innovation things that are on my mind, innovation things that we're talking about here at the school, innovation things that we are doing here um, within the school community. And I hope that you enjoyed listening uh, today and I hope that you learned something new as well. As always, if you have any questions or feedback or suggestions, if there's something that you would like me to talk about, a future topic, please don't hesitate uh, to let me know. Whether you're internal to the Branksom community or you're external, I would love to hear from you. Um, and if there's questions to be answered, I'd love to have uh, the ability to, to provide you some answers. Um, if there are topics we just want to explore, maybe there are no answers and it's just an exploration, 
you know, always love hearing from listeners. So thank you again for tuning in. You can subscribe to the GarageCast if you are using your favorite podcasting app. Uh, you should have an ability to subscribe. Uh, feel free to share this with your colleagues. If you are an educator, share it with other educators in your, in your school um, or with your friends and family. It's just really a pleasure to, to see the audience continuing to grow uh, week after week. So until the next time that we connect, I encourage you all to keep innovating and keep learning. Again, I am Michael Iani Polarchio from Branksome Hall, wishing you a great upcoming weekend. Until next week, everybody, this is Michael saying ciao.